Welcome to another episode of the Scott McKenna Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk about my most basic, but I think most powerful sales strategy, which is not what most people think. I'm going to talk about my new cameras that I purchased. Well, I have like four cameras it feels like pre-ordered right now. We'll get into that. Uh, my new PGA Tour uh, mission to make the PGA Tour and um, how I changed my mind nonstop. So I told you this podcast was going to be random and that's what it's all about. So we're going to get into it. But I figured in today's episode, we'll do it a little differently and I'm having Ben on the podcast. What's up, Ben? What's going on? So for those who don't know Ben, Ben is in charge of helping me produce more content personally, which is partially what I'm going to talk about in this episode about my sales strategy to get more work. So I figured I had Ben on since we're going to talk a little bit about that. Plus, I just don't really like being alone on a podcast. But a lot of what I'm going to talk about today is directly addressed to you as the listener. And if you're watching on YouTube, you as the person watching this. So even though Ben's here, I am going to address the camera a lot because these are things I really, really feel are important. And I wanted to talk about this because one of the things I'm going to start doing on my podcast regularly is starting the episode with kind of a recap of what videos have been uploaded recently on the channel and diving a little bit deeper into them because I think that that's something I can do on a podcast that I can't obviously always do on a YouTube video. So that's where we're going to start with right away. We're going to start with the only video that I published last week, which was actually titled My Basics, My Most Basic Sales Strategy. What was it called? Something about that. My Most yeah. Basic Sales Strategy. I think I was going to title it um, Practice What You Preach, and then I was going to title it Being a Practitioner, but it's all about that. Okay, so the number one question that I get all the time on my channel is like, how do I get more client work? Like, how do I build a business? without just straight up running advertisements or without just, you know, directly messaging people and asking them to do work. And I just feel like this question and people always ask, you know, how do I how do you get more confident selling your work like in your pricing or just how do you go confidently into those conversations? And I think the reason why people don't go more confidently into what they do and especially in video production is because they don't really necessarily believe if it actually works, right? So it sounds simple, but as a video production person, a lot of times what you focus your time on is like getting the right camera, getting lighting to look good, audio to sound good, all these things. Then you give a product to a company and you say, here's your video, hope you enjoy it. And then you just kind of hope that it does well or you hope that they hire you again. But I think that a lot of video people don't utilize video in general for their own company and their own brand at all, not even close to as much as they should. So I don't really know if people in the video production world actually believe enough that video actually can help a business because they don't really ever do it themselves. So this video is entirely about that topic and it's something I really kind of want to dive into more because I just think that if people actually practice more what they preach from a video standpoint, being a video producer of their own content and of their own company content, they'd be able to go more confidently into what they're doing. So the analogy that I used and that I kind of, as we were driving that one day filming this video, there were so many analogies we went into, but it's like the idea of if a car mechanic told you that you should service your car all the time, that it's really beneficial for your car and you should change the oil and check your thing and blah, 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 blah. And then you were talking to them and they didn't actually do those things themselves. How much trust would you have, right, in, in what they're talking about? Or if you went to a gym 
And the personal trainer said, you should really work out. It's really good for your body. It's good for your long-term health. It'll make you feel better, more alive. It'll make you less tired. And they were a little overweight and they were short of breath and they were Or they not go to the gym looking. once a week. Yeah. Like you'd kind of be like, okay, well, how important really is it if you don't do it yourself? And those are, you know, more extreme examples, but it's literally what video production people do all the time. There are so many video production companies and personal brands or whatever, or even YouTubers that sell video to other companies that just don't really produce anything for themselves. And it, and it boggles my mind because as a video producer, you have the biggest advantage of everyone over video because not only do you know how to shoot video, but it also costs you nothing to do it. And so it's crazy to me that especially during these last six months in the pandemic where a lot of people tend to say they have way more free time than normal, why in the world are people not putting more intentional effort into making videos for themselves? People always just want to come up with like these excuses of, oh, I'm really busy or what should I film or I just don't know what I should put out. And I'm like, well, if a company, if, if, if I didn't run Scaling Creative and a company came to me that did what Scaling Creative does and was like, we want you to help produce videos or whatever, it would be my job to sell them on that idea and then come up with ideas, right? Like if any business comes to me and they come to me saying we want to produce video content, I'm going to come up with ideas for them to create stuff because that's what they pay us for. That's what I feel like our specialty is. But yet video people tend to not know what they're supposed to film and they get so caught up with well, I don't, you know, what should I create? And it has to be perfect and this and that and this and that. And it's like, I think people are getting it really, really wrong. And the way that you can be more confident in what you're selling is to actually believe in it. I feel like the number one way that I have gotten business over the course of the last three, four years has been that since I went full-time into this business in 2017, I have produced a lot of videos on YouTube, a lot of LinkedIn content, Instagram content, whatever. So when I go into a company and talk with them and say, you really need to produce video because it really gets you more work. It helps you show up more than anybody else. It helps you continue to build employee morale and all the kind of things. It's because I've actually seen it work. I know it gets people more business to create content that doesn't sell because that's what I do. So every single time that I sit down with someone over coffee or a new client meeting or whatever, and they and I start talking about why I think it's so important, I can confidently say I know it works because you're sitting in front of me at the table because you saw a piece of content on LinkedIn or on YouTube or Instagram. And it just doesn't seem like that difficult of a thing to me, but I'm like always blown away by how not confident people are in selling the service they offer. And I think that that's like a major, major part of it. What do you think, Ben? It's a lot to think about because it's exactly how you put it. If a car mechanic has a beat up car, I always kind of think of like when you told me one time of why your cameras look immaculate to where like you wouldn't want to show up to a shoot with like a just an empty box of like cameras everywhere your cables are all intertwined like in a knot and it's just like seeing that kind of cleanliness mm -hmm. and being able to present like hey i keep my video equipment like in pristine condition 
to when you show up to a shoot and then kind of like your videos are looking clean. It's just like crazy how that works and like how it all intertwines with with itself. And it's just, I, I mean, people always want to get better at video and they want to get better at everything they do. And yet the best way that you can practice is to just shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot. And why not practice with yourself as a client? Because it's beneficial for your company, but it also gets you better and better. Like setting up even something as basic and simple as this is practice to be able to set up what it would be like if we filmed podcasts for people or if we just did a talking head interview, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It just gives you practice. I think that above all, sure, I've gotten lots of business from LinkedIn content and all the kind of things that I've done with content, but more importantly, I've edited thousands and thousands of videos over the course of years, 500 to 600 of them being like my own YouTube videos and all that. That makes me an unbelievably fast and efficient editor mm-hmm. that if I had to wait till I had that much experience just with client work, it would be so many years past there. And so I can confidently even sell pricing based on how much I think things should cost or how uh, much time it takes me knowing that I can do it at a faster speed than other people mm-hmm. and make more money because of it. But that's only because I'm constantly doing it like over and over and over. You, you could even circle back to like the analogy we've been talking about, like car mechanics. If the car mechanic is trying to sell you on oil changes, but he's never done one, mm-hmm. then would you necessarily like, oh, yeah, go go ahead, test it out on my car? Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> you would want to take it to a person that has done 200,000 oil changes rather than five. And, and someone, most importantly, that's seen success in the oil changes. Like if someone said... You should change your oil every 3,000 miles because it's absolutely better for your engine and it keeps it working. And, hey, here are these, these are these 2,000 vehicles that I've serviced and look at how many miles they have on it now and how good they're running versus, yeah, I, I, there's a company down the road that does 2,000 oil changes. And so I imagine it's you know beneficial for, for your car to do it. Mm-hmm. It's like you want to see, you want to believe that the person that's telling you what they are telling you does them like it's it's you know it's so obvious in like the personal trainer world because if a personal trainer said they were they would help you lose weight but they were overweight obviously you could you could physically see that and say to yourself like okay clearly they're Mm -hmm. probably not super good at what they're doing but it's just easy in this world we live in to have so many people that kind of fake it till they make it and they you know put social media manager on on their on their linkedin profile or video content creator but yet I think what has actually got people to start working with me is that they see that video is what I do, but they also see that I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. So when they're like, I really want to start posting more videos on LinkedIn and they see constant videos of me on LinkedIn, it brings proof that I'm not just talking about it, that I actually do it. Yeah, and it's like the amount of videos that you work on individually and that we work on as a company just makes me want to make my own content for like my own personal brand. Like, like I want to go out in my free time and shoot videos on my camera and like quote unquote, use my own time to yep. edit them and make them. Mm-hmm. And in the long run, that'll get me better yep. at editing like commercial work or your own personal content yep. or whatever I would be editing. And it yep. just gets it faster and faster to where that person that would change that oil change for the 200th and one time 
they're going to be extremely faster than the person that's done it for the fifth time. Mm -hmm. Yep. So yeah, I mean, it's the reason the video was titled the most basic sales strategy is because it literally shouldn't be something that is that hard for you to actually do if you create video for you to get out and start making stuff yourself. It doesn't have to be a certain length. It doesn't have to be a certain even topic like film what you want to film and just create some stuff for yourself. It's super beneficial. It'll make you a better editor, make you a better shooter. It'll make you a better even storyteller and editor for this for clients when you know that you can come up with something out of nowhere for yourself. It helps you to start be more, being more creative for the companies that actually do stuff, which is in turn going to get you more ongoing work. So that is my number one tip for you is if you are not feeling confident with sales and feeling confident with the product you're selling, I'm going to challenge you to really think about that. The reason you're probably not that confident is because I don't know if you're actually that confident that you can get people success with the work that you're doing. So I definitely challenge you to think about that more. Start creating more stuff for yourself on YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, all those places. Diversify kind of where you are showing up as a personal brand. And I really think it can make huge, huge difference for you. So that's a recap of kind of what was uploaded this week. Um, lots of stuff is happening in the YouTube and I, in the YouTube world. I know I say this all the time. Sorry, I'm just silencing my watch. Um, I, I say this all the time, and, and there's lots of conversations that Ben and I have been having over the last couple of weeks of kind of what I want to do with the YouTube channel and with personal content and all that kind of stuff. Ben's main role is to just help create more content for me and film more content and make more training content, which is awesome. And it's another thing, going back to that conversation, being a practitioner, right? Like I'm telling people they should spend a lot of money on video work because it's beneficial. And I'm personally taking my money and paying a person full time to help me make content. So even though I could film videos and edit videos myself, I realized that time was the biggest thing that I didn't have to actually do that. But instead of just making up the excuse like a lot of people do of, I just, I just don't have time and I'll do it when I have more time. I decided it was so important because I believe in the fact that you need to produce video to pay someone myself full time to help me make it. So that's obviously something I know probably not something you're going to do at the very beginning if you are new to this, but being a practitioner is huge. Um, but yeah, but YouTube. So that's, I really want to do a lot more in the YouTube worlds and I, I've gone back and forth and I've talked so many times about what the vlog looks like. And I, I really want to like daily vlog as much as possible, but daily vlogging in a different way than like the Casey Neistat's of the world or people that just daily vlog. I feel like there's the thing that constantly runs through my mind is that I feel like there's truly value in following the everyday journey of like what, what I go through because I'm super random. Anyone who obviously works with me or knows me knows that like I'm all over the place. But I think to a point there ends up being certain value in that by by realizing that you can kind of do a lot of different things and still have fun and also be okay with changing your mind nonstop and everything that I do. And I would love your feedback. If you're a person that listens to this podcast, you're probably someone that's followed my channel for a, a decent amount of time because I feel like the people that listen to this podcast are kind of my most devoted friends and followers and people that follow what I do, which I super appreciate. But 
I love to kind of know your your take and your thoughts on what what you find most intriguing. Maybe yeah, what you find most intriguing about my channel. I feel like no question about it. People follow YouTube personalities or people on YouTube to either be educated or entertained in mm -hmm. some way. I don't feel like my channel is, or at least right now, like my channel is not really an entertainment channel. Like, sure, I want you to enjoy the vlogs, but my it's not just a. I don't live the kind of lifestyle where entertainment is going to be the primary thing of this of this vlog. I feel like where I can provide the most value to people is education and real life following of entrepreneurship, which is but make all it look over good. The place. And and then yeah, but also try to make them look as good as possible because. Well, that's what we do for as a living, so mm -hmm. we should be able to make them better. But I'd love to know your thoughts on that because I go back and forth all the time with going all over the place with the different things that I do in my life and a part of a, me. There's a good way to put it to where you're trying to like juggle like 12 balloons, mm -hmm. but then you It'd might- be hard to juggle balloons. They stay in the air too long. Yeah, but... Uh, Maybe balls would be a better analogy. Juggling balls or balloons, whatever your preference is. Um, but whatever you're juggling is all the aspects of your life and, like, trying to keep up. It's incredible, like, how you're able to bounce around to, like, 12 different things, literally, and be able to keep up, but still, like, be able to enjoy every aspect of it. But the shortcomings do come to where, like, maybe two or three might fall through mm -hmm. but those like 10 other ones that you're kind of keeping up it's kind of like really good because then it feels good because then you're having fun with those things and working and just it's, it's incredible like to be able to see a person that is so busy and able to like track from one thing to another instantly yeah and i think it can be obviously there is a downside to being my personality type which is an Enneagram seven, which is basically someone that's all over the place in a nutshell and has no problem coming up with new ideas, but the downside can be not always executing on them. But I, th I do think that there's value in like realizing that, you know, there are some people you follow that are, you know, crazy entrepreneurs. I'm a huge Gary Vee fan. So I, you know, love all the stuff that he does, but obviously his, his, vlog and his youtube channel really just follows that side of his life like just the work nothing else but the work which is mm -hmm. totally fine tons of unbelievable education from it tons of inspiration behind it but he's choosing to obviously have that be the only thing really that that you really know about mm -hmm. and i've always kind of wanted my channel to have some aspect of like you can you can still have fun in life and still do other things rather than just business but yet still be have success in the business. Mm -hmm. And would I have way more success if 100% of my time and effort went into my work? Sure. But at the same time, I've realized over the course of like some success that led up to COVID and then kind of restarting that even when there was more work happening and more stuff happening and more income probably coming in, I don't know necessarily if I was actually any like happier in that time. I just had more work coming in. Mm -hmm. And there's a part of me that's realizing I almost think that what I'd be happier with is a sustaining business that's doing well enough 
that I can enjoy doing other things mm -hmm. and not feeling guilty about doing those other things and keeping a business, I don't know, maybe smaller. Who knows? But yeah. And it's always I don't know. good to um, know that you've like definitely recognized that you're a seven, but you've taken the you're taking like so many precautions of like kind of like to avoid the pitfalls mm -hmm. of a seven to where you'll jump around a lot, but you keep your computer organized, you keep like a lot of stuff organized. I'm a weird seven with like OCD. Yeah, and, and not even OCD, but like to where you're organized and the things that you're focused on don't fall through. Like, or you fulfill on what you're set out to fulfill. I think that's not always true. I think that I think what I've gotten better at is realizing that I have to make sure that there are things in place to make sure that things get executed and mm -hmm. fulfilled. Meaning I've realized enough that I'm all over the place that it is very easy for me to forget things and things I forget things all the time. So I've tried to do my best of like having good people work for me that are very good at executing and getting things done so that when I throw a million ideas, they go through an actual reality filter of like what needs to get done and then it gets done. And then, you know, hiring you and helping you be a part of executing on the YouTube thing. Is but other sevens of that. don't necessarily do that. And that's yeah, they I'm don't. Saying, like, they don't. And that's why I'm, I'm, I am weird about like how crazy organized I am, even though I'm all over the place. But it's it's unique and it's in not, not like good unique or bad unique just it's i think it's i'm a different but I, i'm just saying like that it's good to like know your personality type yeah, like know where important. your shortcomings yeah. are yeah. and know where your strengths definitely are yeah totally so yeah lots happening but i would love to know your thoughts on the the youtube thing for sure but um let's jump into another topic i want to talk about which is uh cameras like so i mentioned this I don't know, maybe the last podcast, something like that. Yeah. Talk um, I pre-ordered a camera for the first time in my life and I'm not telling you what camera I pre-ordered. I pre-ordered it, was very, very excited about it. Pre-ordered it back in August, actually, like early August and still haven't got it. It's still on back order. Now I'm just annoyed because I really want the camera and it's back ordered. So today I pre-ordered another camera and I may pre-order another one even this afternoon. And I'm literally just at this point, like whoever gets me the camera it's first like a is race. gonna win. Seriously, it's a race, but it's just annoying. Like if you know these cameras are gonna be popular, can you make some? Like it so will, that they can actually get it will to come me? with a side of COVID. Like that's just it's just like ridiculous. So I basically have like well, I have two cameras on pre-order. I'm probably gonna do a third. And I think I'd be super happy with every one of them. It's just gonna be a matter of which one actually gets to me first. And as of right now, they're all just taking forever, which is super annoying. The cameras that I'm talking about that I'm, that are are basically replacing my EOS R for vlogging. So I want a new personal vlog camera because I feel like there are aspects of the EOS R that I'm not crazy about. That I that all of the current cameras that are coming out now solve that those those common things that I really want. I, I would like a higher frame rate. But most importantly, I don't want to crop on mm -hmm. 4K because for vlogging with a 16 millimeter, it just is too tight. So that's really the biggest thing is just having a full frame 4K image without crop is huge for me. So obviously, as you know, all the cameras coming out now, the R5, the R6, the A7S3, all those cameras solve that issue. Um, but there are certain cameras that have benefits, more benefits than others. So at this point, we're just playing a game called Let's Race to See Who Can Get Me a Camera First. And It's like that arcade game at 
Dorney, like to where you have to like spit the water in that little hole, and, like <laughs> see like the car or a horse the goes along. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see who gets me the camera first or which model it is, but uh, I, I just want to get it. So I would, you know, like to to possibly actually make that happen. Um, and then the last thing that's happening, uh, actually, what's, let's talk about for cameras for a second. What's your favorite camera that's currently out? Well, right now I own a USR, but I, I, I like the R5, but everybody making the videos on them definitely makes you hesitant. What, the overheating? Uh, yeah, and of course 8K should overheat, to be honest, because yeah. it's 8K. I don't, yeah, I don't like, mind 8K insane. overheating. It's the other stuff that... 4K120 and that stuff? No, it's like, I want to see if, like, I haven't seen enough people talk about, like, this regular 4k overheat because mm-hmm. it's okay if 8k overheats you're trying to produce or just like using image. the camera for a full day yeah, or even like 4k and 120 like, or something overheating after a certain amount of time that's fine like that's that's a high frame rate high sense. quality but it better not overheat at 4k 24 for an average person because like and no east previous cameras didn't yeah. like the other the USR doesn't overheat. That's definitely taking before. a step backwards if yeah, they did. Definitely. And if you tried to come out with it so fast that you ended up creating reliability issues, I think that's no no good at all. But if okay. you if you could buy any camera right now, which one would it be? I used to be Team Sony as well. So it's very Sony. like conflicting. But I I enjoyed Sony. I would definitely have to like see the pros of the new one i would definitely probably go with the r6 though r6 i I feel like that makes the most sense for what i do Mm -hmm. as far as like photos video here and there but i do think canon's the best hybrid camera company just because of how good they are with photos and and someone like you that obviously likes photos Mm -hmm. that makes it makes a lot of sense for because canon shoots a great image I don't know. A lot of Great photo image. people switched to Sony, though. Yeah, but I think a lot of people switched to Sony just because they were tired of waiting for Canon to come out with something new. Like, because a lot of people that switched to Sony switched even before like the EOS R came out. Mm-hmm. Like me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Switched. And and I think that the EOS R kind of got people back into like great hybrid camera company, and then now the R five and the R six. I think if you're a a photo person the r5 makes more sense as well because it's got mm-hmm. a higher megapixel count yeah and for photos obviously it's important i think for the video aspect the only big advantage is obviously the frame rates and stuff mm-hmm. and all that and the 8k but i don't really think that i really think that if you're if you're at a level where you're shooting 8k is your standard i don't really think you're buying the r5 anyway no you would definitely like look at more cinema yeah you're not gonna have it doesn't make sense for the R5 to be your main camera if you're shooting at the quality of 8K because mm-hmm. it's not gonna it can't shoot long anyway like mm-hmm. that would just be a silly decision yeah so I feel like the 8K is more of just something they came out with to be like woohoo look we shoot 8K but it's not it's I mean it's it's bursts it's it's, you're not it's gonna, definitely like teasing what could be the yeah. future and the problem is if they teased it so much that they can't even produce 4K consistently and reliable then that's no good yeah that's scary. So, I don't know. so anyway, we'll see. I'll keep you updated on the race to the uh, the race to the camera. Um, and yeah, the last completely random thing is. So I've always felt like 
in life, if if you take anything seriously enough, like really seriously, like you know, people always say, like you always tell, like parents always tell kids and stuff, like just dream big, like whatever your dreams are, you can make them come true. I don't know if I entirely believe that, but I believe part of it of the aspect that if you really take something seriously and you go after it seriously and you do it for a long time seriously, you can have success. I feel like most people that fail at anything fail because they gave up too early. Mm-hmm. Like or they really didn't want it. Yeah. Like you said, fake it till you make it. And, oh, I think, and I think it's just it. people are impatient. I feel like people, people might be just a day away from the biggest break happening that they needed, but they quit right before it happened. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like when you actually take something seriously and you're not so impatient that you are giving it a one-year window or a two-year window that big things can happen. And I'm just going to throw this out there. This could end up being like something that I do stop. But I had like this crazy thought the other day as I was preparing. So I'm preparing for a, a golf tournament this Saturday, one that I used to play in. Uh, a few years ago it's a pretty pretty Woo-woo. big amateur tournament that happens in this area really excited about it but as i was thinking about it and i haven't played golf very much at all over the last year and i was like man i feel like cuz there was a time that i played pretty pretty good golf like i used to play 4 or 5 days a week when i had no job like i was a full-time musician so i basically made no money but i sat home all day and did anything i wanted and i played gigs at night so i golfed like 4 or 5 days a week and i was I think I was a pretty good golfer. I'm a, I was a scratch golfer for those who play golf, know what that means. And I haven't really played like that in a long time. And so now I'm not even close to a scratch golfer. And I it's really frustrating for me because I know that all it took was when I actually put more time into it. So I'm on this like internal mission that I firmly believe that if I actually try to play golf competitively and well and actually put a lot of time into it, I believe that within 15 years, by the time I'm 50 years old, that I can play on the PGA Tour. That's my goal. Now, I told you this video would be random. I told you I'm the most random person you've ever met. But, and, and there's a chance I may not even end up continuing with this because it really depends. I live in a cold weather climate, so I may completely lose my interest in the winter again. But I'm just putting it out there. I'm going to start just adding another completely random thing in my YouTube channel that's going to be a playlist all about that's going to be titled The Road to the PGA Tour. And I firmly believe that I can make it happen if I actually stay on it. Mm-hmm. But then there's part of me like wants to do the same thing with disc golf. Like, it's just, and I feel like that would be much easier to actually do because... See how the tournament goes this weekend. <laughs> we'll see. No, no, no. But that's the thing. Is, so... The problem is a lot of people like I don't honestly I don't expect to do that well in the tournament this this week if I even qualify because I just feel like my golf game is just not up to par, uh, no pun intended. It just doesn't feel like it's actually like good right now at all. But I love competition more than anything, and even if I don't do well, I just love the idea of competing. And I also have been a person that I feel like I do really well when the pressure's on versus when there's no pressure. And so that's almost kind of what I feel like though with golf and even like disc golf, I thought about this too, like constantly just uh, entering tournaments throughout mm-hmm. the year in and in the winter, maybe going down south doing it just because it makes you stay 
active. Like yeah. If you were entering a filmmaking contest, you'd start film filming like crazy to practice. Film everything. Everything. Like- and I feel like I sometimes just need that underneath me to actually like make me follow through hardcore on something. Because if I just say, I'm going to get better at golf. Once you make that commitment. And I have nothing to do, no, no tournaments to practice for whatever, I'll just f- fill my time with something else. Yeah. you make Once you make that commitment of like clicking that button to especially, register yeah, especially that, it, that you pay money to do it like mm-hmm. just the money in general of like i paid for this i can't suck yeah just makes you and same thing same thing with disc golf like i think that it's such a fun sport and such and one that you can is so so easy to play constantly like i'll probably co- constantly do that and try to get better i think part of the biggest thing for me is it's so hard for me to do anything like subpar so that's always oh, the you just want to be part. the best i want to be the best at everything i do like if like tomorrow if if this weekend someone was like hey we're gonna do a cornhole tournament i'd be practicing for like the next 26 hours yeah to be dominant like because mm-hmm. even if i've never played a sport before and you're like a pro at it and you invite me i want to destroy you in that sport like yeah i don't care if i've never played it that's just yeah. how like that's just how my brain works and so like if i can't give something full effort then I just kind of don't want to do it at all. Mm-hmm. But that's, it also helps you like see like how you're stacked up, like yeah. in your area. Like it's just I'm just crazy competitive. And but the the downfall of that is, it makes me want to do everything like all the time. You know, I entered this tournament, and since I entered this tournament, I I bought a practice green at my house. I went out and got a, a, a new putter. I got new, I got a new range finder. I got new hats, uh, new golf pants, golf shirts, shoes. Like I got everything. Cause that's mm-hmm. just how, like, I, I don't know why I'm, I'm like that, but I cannot just like, that sounds fun. Let's do it. I'm like, let's freaking do it. Yeah. You got to go so all well. It just sounds, it just seems boring to not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the problem is I end up doing that with a lot of things. Like when I got into disc golf, I now have like what, 20 discs and, same here. Like it's just yeah, it, it's just and luckily that sport's cheap. Golf's expensive, but I don't know. It just it seems fun to me. I feel so. like everyone's got to have that like one kind of not not fix, but like that hobby like that you just oh, yeah, totally. love that you could like if someone paid you a reasonable salary to do it a hundred percent of the time, you might consider like hey, quit your job and. Yeah. Go do that. For the, the problem is, I I pick a lot of expensive hobbies. Like the same thing with you know COVID hit, and I was like, I really want to get back into music again. And I built a recording studio in my downstairs. Like, I I just I can't like, I can't slowly go into things, which yeah. my wife hates because I just spend too much money on that kind of stuff. But like, I realistically feel like tomorrow I could be unbelievably excited about like being on the PGA tour. Unbelievably excited about like becoming the best disc golfer in the world unbelievably excited about being a music producer or a musician or a worship leader or a business owner or i don't know anything like Mm -hmm. so i'm really trying to figure out like how to get out of a cycle of like just being because it's not it's not even like contentment in life because it's really not like a contentment issue to me it's more just i get bored yeah and so I want to do something different all the time. And so I feel like when I sp- go do a million things, I don't get bored with any one specific because I don't mm-hmm. spend enough time doing it, so I don't get bored. So in turn, it feels better to me that I'm kind of like, well, I'm not. If I get bored, I'll just do something else in a different. I don't mm-hmm. know, or find something else. Um, yeah. What about like priorities? Like 
because I, I feel like yeah, that's the hardest part that definitely helps me at least to where you feel like you're all over the place and then maybe you can like i definitely take a step back take a deep breath and like okay what's the most important thing right now in my life yeah or, that's the problem though. and like make that list of like what it is like okay where does these six hobbies sit at and i know and that's that the problem though is other than like my faith in my family, I don't know if I have, I don't, I'm not sure if I know like what, what sounds, cause mm-hmm. what sounds the most exciting to me right this second is like playing on the PGA tour. But tomorrow I could be like golf's the worst sport ever. And I'd mm-hmm. rather just, I'd rather play. Whenever people hockey. ask like, you like, what's your favorite food? Yeah. I'm like, what today? Yeah, like today, last afternoon. week, or like whatever I'm in the mood for. Like right now, I'm excited, you know, for pizza. But tomorrow, I might not. Be. I mean, I probably will be. I might. I'm More like there. Chinese food, or yeah. like next week, Chipotle. That's the problem. Is I, I think I'd, I, I think, and that's definitely like I think part of my personality type of just, just all over the place. I'm trying to get better at really focusing on what specific thing. Like during COVID, there was a time literally I felt like doing no video production at all. I was just like, I had no drive whatsoever to produce content, no drive to even like get more business. I just was kind of like, just this isn't fun because there was really nothing happening either. So that's why mm-hmm. I got into the music stuff. Did that kind of full on and still am. I still really love it. But like, I never really, my goal in the music stuff was just to, is, is a hobby. Like I don't have any ambitions mm-hmm. to like do anything with that. I, I was a musician long enough to know like I don't really care anymore about that but the golf thing and the disc golf thing and that other side like that's a whole new world I think it's also I just love that challenge like I'm not unbelievable at disc golf and I'm not unbelievable right now at golf Mm -hmm. but I love being really really good at something that the challenge of like everyone hearing my, my when I used to play basketball for as a high school, when I played basketball in high school, there was nothing I loved more than going to the opposing crowd, like playing away games and having people boo because there mm-hmm. was nothing more than knowing people didn't want you to succeed or doubting that you could succeed mm-hmm. and knowing like that you could. And like, there's nothing more exciting to me even just in the idea of telling myself like how unbelievable, how ridiculous it sounds, I should say is the better word, that that I legit feel like I could make a PGA tour event within the next 15 years, like 99.99% of people watching this would laugh as well as me. It would just be so much fun to pursue something that crazy and take it serious enough to actually make something happen. Just to be like, just to prove to people that it takes hard work and dedication, which is why I also say like, if any, if that happens, I'm talking 15 years. Like, it it might be, it might be senior tour. Like, I don't, like that's I might be old. I like I'll be I'll be 50 in 15 years. You are getting old. I'm super old, and wise. I should say. You know, when you get old, you just get wise. <laughs> yeah, right. Should uh, that's definitely not true. Should I be at like the tournaments, just booing you then, rather than cheering you yeah, on? Yeah, totally. With a camera, they'd be like, "Who is this guy? Why does he bring <laughs> this guy with him to boo?" Why, why does he hate this? Just this one specific yeah. person so much. But no, I think it would just be such an inspiration to. F- to people of like 
and whether it's PGA Tour or it's a business, I think that part of why I love the idea of like documenting life is being able to look back at how people have gotten to anywhere. Like, I still think it's so awesome that I, you know, started vlogging the very first day of owning a business mm-hmm. because whatever happens in life, wouldn't it be crazy if like I was on the PGA Tour and you could go back and be like, who is this guy? And then you like watch back and like, wait, he was building a like a video production company. He still has that, and he has a wedding company. Like, yeah, he's the most doing all that. You ever met in wow, life? playing like, golf. Yes, I am. And also, I'm playing on the disc golf tour this weekend. <laughs> he's so awesome. It'd be like that uh, one commercial you see on TV: the most interesting man yeah, in the world. Yeah, the most random things ever. Like he's leading worship this weekend, disc golf tournament this weekend, PGA tour the following weekend. You shooting a wedding next Saturday and. You you go to lead worship in your golf clothes, and then uh, you have your like radio in your ear yeah, too yeah. for a wedding. Everything you say, oh man, just yeah. So welcome to the most random podcast in history as well. But that's it. Just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about some of the things happening. And as always, I appreciate you listening, and would love to know what you think of uh, randomness in podcasts and just conversations. Hopefully, it lets you just get a peek into uh, my thoughts and how all over the place I am. Ben knows it more than most people now because Ben currently is actually living at my house, which is awesome, right? But then you get to see just how all over the place that I actually am. But anyway, any last thoughts? No, it's just I appreciate like it's kind of like a not a not a not an infatuation, but like I appreciate like being able to see like how incredibly hard you work and be able to see like how quickly your mind can switch from email to text to filmings to editing to just being able to jump from subject to subject like flawlessly and not miss a beat not miss a beat allison's looking on like looking on like well, I don't necessarily love how all over the place you constantly change everything. <laughs> but yeah, you'll see a lot more of it, a lot more of changing. But thanks. Glad it's fun. Glad it's fun to watch. So that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, yeah, comment. Tell me hello. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, still DM me somewhere and let me know that you listened to the whole thing. If you're listening to the end of this podcast of however long it is, longer than I think I was supposed to make it. Um yeah, I would like to know who you are and connect. So DM me, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube comment if you want, whatever. I'm anywhere you see my profile and face, I get your messages there. So thanks as always for listening. Have a great one. Go kill it this week.